This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I am your host covering everything sport, international, local. Hope you're having a blessed day today wherever you are tuned in around the world, whether it's 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com or even our very own app, Sharjah Broadcast. Bleh, let's try that again. Sharjah Broadcasting Authority. We are sending you good vibes and great energy. And coming up on today's show, a lot being said about the coronavirus and how it's affecting the world of sport. We got teams... Uh, really being affected in terms of league standings. We've got a lot of psychology being involved in terms of when you psych yourself up for a team and you get yourself ready, now all of a sudden it's not in your hands. So we're going to tap into that. Talking about not in your hands, boxing is on fire at the moment. And for those that are following, Tyson Fury following his uh, demolition of uh, Deontay Wilder. What next for him, seeing as Deontay Wilder has exercised the third match uh, in their claws? But is that what we really want to see? The world of sport is definitely being treated to, let's say, the anticipated match between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury all of a sudden becomes realistic unless Deontay Wilder, you know, switches it up and requests that third match. And also what he did with his coach by sacking him for looking out for what's best for the fighter. For those that don't know, the match was called off in the seventh round because uh, Deontay Wilder, his assistant coach, Mark Breland, threw in the towel to save his fighter. And for that, it got very serious because it went back to the dressing room and Deontay Wilder turned around and asked who did it. They said it was Mark Breland and he was sacked on the spot. So in terms of psychology, what would you have done as a coach? And what would you have done as Deontay Wilder? I'm going to tap into that as well. And last, obviously, but not least, I'm taking all your questions on the Instagram live at Omar Dury or Pulse95 Radio regarding boxing, football, and everything in the world of sport. On the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse95. Pulse95. Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the halftime show with Omar Adori on Pulse95. Nice strike! It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Dury. Uh, we really appreciate all the love and support wherever you are around the world. Shout out to Haida, Tariq, uh, Huda as well, who are tuning on the Instagram live at Omar Al Dury and also at Pulse95 Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. And guys, we're talking a lot of things today. We're talking sports, but we're also talking the mindset behind sports. And one of the teams that has appeared to be invincible, which was linked to their name because they were unbeaten, um, for a very, very long time, having only lost one game last season, they've lost three out of four in the last week or so. And what a week it has been for Liverpool Football Club in the Premier League. Now, for a team that pretty much, let's say, with 2022 20, points clear of Manchester City, the champions back to back in the last two years, Liverpool's season has been incredible so far. However, let me throw some stats your way. 
Before this weekend, in the Premier League, Liverpool had 44 games unbeaten in the Premier League, 422 days since they lost to Manchester City, 18 consecutive wins since they last dropped points at Old Trafford on the 20th of October, and they scored in 36 successive Premier League games. Now, a year minus three days since they failed to score at Everton at Goodison Park. But what is going on behind the psychology of Liverpool, who looked invincible? They lost to Atletico Madrid, which was a shock. They've lost to Watford as well, which was an even bigger shock. And now they've lost to Chelsea. And I'm sure Karim, who's tuned in um, on the Instagram lab, will be very happy to say, as he's a Chelsea fan, that Chelsea yesterday beat a Liverpool side that wasn't at full strength. However, they still lost and there is a very huge mindset game when it comes down to a winning team. When you win regularly, it's fine. The moment you start to take out leadership qualities, and I'm talking about a certain Jordan Henderson, who may be not famous for his technical ability, but his importance is vital for that squad. And he's been missing recently, which has seen Liverpool lose three out of four games. They did beat West Ham, but they've lost three out of four games and records were broken. But the question is now, with the manager and with the coaching that he has with the staff behind him, how does he approach this week's game against Bournemouth in the Premier League? Now, Liverpool do play Bournemouth and didn't play a strong side yesterday. But the question is, should they have gone weaker yesterday if they'd lost the game anyway? They played Van Dijk, they played Robertson, Mane was involved as well. But right now, question marks are being asked whether this team is as good or as great as we thought they would be. How did they approach this game against Bournemouth? They got 22 uh, points ahead of Manchester City. And on top of that, they also have a very important tie coming up in the Champions League against Atletico Madrid having been 1-0 down. Is this a blessing in disguise now to focus on the Champions League and the Premier League? What would you do if you were the manager and coach of Liverpool Football Club? Would you play a side that isn't at full strength against Bournemouth, seeing that you are 22 points ahead? Or would you play your full strength side to be able to keep momentum building up to Atletico Madrid having lost three out of four games? A lot of decisions to be made and that's why Jurgen Klopp gets paid money. And I mean money to be able to um, make these kind of decisions. He's been criticized this season for not playing his strongest sides in the cup. And now from a treble winning uh, Liverpool side to just the league and Champions League. Now I say just the league and Champions League, but if you were uh, a football fan, would you rather win the Premier League or Champions League? Or are you going to be greedy and say, I want to win both? And that's the mindset behind what's happening at Liverpool now, because they face a Bournemouth side that pretty has been pretty disappointing this season. And now they might have to spoil the party again and spring one on a Liverpool side that looks like a wounded animal. I'd be very weary of playing against them because this could either be a 4 or a 5-1 game to Liverpool or it might even be a draw. Or will Bournemouth go one better and actually win? There's so much behind uh, the mindset of when you're winning, everything's great. You're in the locker room, people are on their phone, taking selfies, you know, uh, enjoying the occasion. But when you lose, it can be a very, very quiet dressing room. And I would know that firsthand having been on both sides of the spectrum. Right now, it's a big time for Liverpool Football Club and their fans who have enjoyed the Premier League this season. And will it take off the shine of how great Liverpool have been? Because a lot of people have been saying this is the worst title race they've seen for a while. Or have Liverpool just been that great that Manchester City are out of sight? 
or are they? <laughs> so I'm leaving it up to you guys. Text us on 4215 or do or slide into our DMs on Instagram at Omar Duri or Pulse95Radio and let me know what is more important, the Premier League or the Champions League and what would you do if you were Klopp coming up to this game against Bournemouth having been um, very, very dominating the whole season and losing three out of four. It's a big decision to make. Coming up next, we've got boxing and what's happening in the boxing world with Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, and a certain uh, Dillian White creeping in. Stay tuned for more on The Only Place to Be at 3, the halftime show on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Oh, he loves the power! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri, and i got to give a special, special shout-out to Dodi, one of our regular listeners on the Halftime Show. Happy, happy birthday. Hope you have an incredible year and all the success and love to you, my bro. Hope everything is good. And we're talking about boxing and Deontay Wilder after he is taking all the headlines on, you know, what's happened to him recently. I gotta say, it's not looking good for him because what we're realizing is a lot of things have happened since the second uh, match between him and Tyson Fury. A lot of excuses as well, having said that he was wearing a 40 pound um, suit to to the ring and that weighed down on his legs. I don't know what to say, Deontay, man. For someone that's unbeaten, undefeated, you know, that's something I did not expect from him. And what next for him, you know? Now, the big news, and I will say this as well, but for those of people that, you know, tune into the halftime show, we like to look at things from the locker room as well. Now, one of his coaches, Mark Breland, who, you know, was worried for his fighter, uh, Deontay Wilder, and threw in the towel, uh, which is basically a symbol of, you know, stopping the match because of health and safety reasons, because the fighter's taking too much damage. Now, for those that don't know, Mark Breland also used to be a fighter, was also a world champion and one of the greatest amateur fighters out there. Um, he's got all the experience, he knows how it feels to be a fighter and he knows how it feels to be a coach. And he was looking after Deontay Wilder by throwing in the towel because let's face it, when you face someone like Tyson Fury, there is calculated, educated pressure on you the whole time, which restricts you from winding up that right hand that has knocked out so many people in his career. And seeing that, Mark Breeden was was big enough to say, you know what, I care for my fighter. Yes, it might be damaging for the ego, but I'm going to look after him and I'm going to throw in the towel. Now, what would you do as a coach if your fighter has never experienced defeat at the top level and is facing that kind of pressure and is being absolutely ripped in every single uh, round? Would you throw in the towel or would you try and, and, and rely on that one shot uh, from Deontay Wilder. I really want to know what you guys would think. Text us on 4215, lot or do, or slide into our DMs uh, on Instagram at Omar or Pulse95 Radio. And let me know what you would do as a coach, because I'm really fascinated by this. Once the fight was over, um, Deontay Wilder went back to his locker room with his coaching staff and looked at the coaching staff and said, which one of you threw in the towel? Now, for this, I'm, I'm not really... It's 
I'm kind of on the fence because as a coach, I understand where Brilliant's going from. But as a fighter, Deontay Wilder has been very, very successful. I actually side with the coach, but he got sacked for it. So let's 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 have this straight. He got fired for looking after his fighter. Was it the right thing to do, or should he have just let it ride and and hope that that one shot would be able to get Tyson Fury like he did in the first fight? Except Fury did stand up. So we've kind of see we kind of see you know both aspects of what's happening here, and you know the excuse about his uh, his suit and uh, and coming out to the ring and his legs were too heavy. I don't know, Deontay. You know, Deontay's stance is quite wide in general when it comes down to his boxing stance. And it's, it's some people may call it unorthodox. Some people might say it's something that, you know, um, is his own style and rightfully so. But styles make fights. And speaking of styles make fights, Anthony Joshua is all of a sudden straight back in the conversation against Tyson Fury. Although he has to beat Pulev on the 20th of June at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium before he, you know, tackles Tyson Fury. But Tyson Fury now might have to face Deontay Wilder because in their contract, there is a clause saying that the the third match can be activated, which looks like he wants to get straight back into it. Let's face it, if he gets straight back into it and he loses this fight, one must think that will be the end of, you know, a very, very successful career for, for Wilder, but not amongst the greats. And that's where I kind of... I kind of, I kind of think of the greats. I think of the, the Ali's and the, the Tyson's, the Mike Tyson's of this world. Wilder said he would beat them in, in, in their prime, and that's where I worry about that. So, in terms of a boxing aspect, in terms of a coaching aspect, I agree with Mark Brilliant, his assistant coach, who threw in the towel. But what would you do? Let me know. Would you have thrown in the towel to protect your fighter, or would you have let it ride and hopefully? Uh, Wilder would have come back with the right hand. I'll tell you one thing, and the skill of Tyson Fury is is brilliant. When he punched to the body on the right side of Tyson Fury, uh, sorry, on the right side of Deontay Wilder, what that does, it restricts the motion to be able to wind up the right hand and hit Tyson Fury. So it was very impressive with how calculated he was. And that's why I call it calculated educated pressure. When or if the fight happens between AJ and Fury, I, I think AJ has to beat him in six rounds because if he doesn't, Tyson Fury will definitely, definitely get stronger per round. And we've seen how Anthony Joshua looks. We've seen how complacency can creep in, especially against Andy Ruiz in the first fight. And that's something that's, you know, it's worrying for Anthony Joshua. But he won't make that mistake against Tyson Fury because I actually think against Tyson Fury, he will be an underdog. Now, how many times do you say that? How many times do you say, Anthony Joshua will be an underdog. Well, Tyson Fury right now is definitely top of the line. And although he's only got one belt compared to three of AJ's, I would say everyone's looking at Fury and is worried. But on the other hand, AJ is no, is no lightweight. AJ is, you know, an Olympic gold medalist. He relies on speed. He's a brilliant athlete. Can he keep up with the pressure of Tyson Fury? Probably yes. However, the skill set that these two fighters would have Please, please, guys. Eddie Hearn, if you're listening, make it happen this year. Frank Warren, if you're listening, make it happen this year. Please. We want to watch the best fighters fight. And it took us two years to watch Mayweather and Pacquiao when it was out of date by the time we saw it. So please, please make the fight happen because I think styles make fights. And I think AJ versus Fury would be amazing. 
Pulev will have something to say on the 20th of June against AJ, but I think if he gets past that and Fury puts away Wilder for good, then we have one of the biggest, if not the biggest fight in the century. And that will be amazing to see. Coming up next, we talk about how the coronavirus is taking over the world of sport and how rapidly it's spreading. On the only place to be at three, the Halftime Show on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international, local. Shout out to Dodi, uh, Murad Abu Abdullah as well, Maria and Tarek who are keeping me uh, entertained on Instagram Live. A lot of good comments about Liverpool following our first segment, which if you're just tuning in, we spoke about Liverpool and their dominance in the league and uh, having lost three out of four games now, what's next and what's been missing? Um, that's That's been one of the, the key topics. I, I kind of threw out there Jordan Henderson for his leadership qualities. I also said that the creativity comes from the right side of the pitch, which is Trent Alexander-Arnold. And coming up to Bournemouth, especially this weekend, do you rest those players and save them for Atletico Madrid or do you play them and try and get back on winning terms? That is the big question and the emphasis that we're trying to put on, on here. And speaking about emphasis on the world of sport, a lot of things are happening at the moment now, especially with the uh, coronavirus. Now, with the death toll from the coronavirus surpassing 3,000 worldwide, the ramifications have spread to nearly every aspect of life, with sports being no exception. Now, events, major and minor, have been cancelled. If you've noticed, they've been moved or postponed as athletes, officials and spectators are worrying about the spread of this virus. And it starts even... When we're looking around the world at the different sports, the Olympics, the summer games involving international travel by tens of thousands of athletes, it is, is being affected by this and, and, and naturally being one of the biggest concerns in the wake of the virus. This has been amplified because it's scheduled for July and August in Tokyo, which is in proximity uh, to China. So for now, it's all systems go, officials say, but I'd be worried at the way it's spreading. A lot is going on with that. And in football as well, we've heard about it. Italy postponed five top flight league games scheduled over the weekend, including Juventus versus Inter Milan. And those games will be held in May. And that, again, destroys the momentum when it comes down to coaching and putting things together. You now have to plan because we look at the list, we look at the fixtures and we put things out way in advance to be able to try and schedule all the things from injuries, from the psychology behind different teams, what kind of form they're in. There's so many things happening at that time. And even the Italian Cup Final was also postponed for a week. Uh, Switzerland suspended its league until March 23rd as well after clubs refused to play to empty stands. So in China, the league season was uh, to have started February 22nd, but now has not even yet begun yet. So there's so many things being affected by the coronavirus. And that's not just in the world of sport, but in the world in general. You know, when you look at the international football that's coming up, you know, the Euros is around the corner. And although they are saying, don't worry, everything will be fine. I don't think it's fine at all. And, and right now, we're seeing that. We're seeing the ramifications. We're seeing what's going on. In basketball, the NBA sent out a memo to teams on Sunday advising players to opt for fist bumps. Fist bumps or high fives when interacting with fans. 
see this is when you know it's starting to get dangerous because if you can't fist bump someone or high five someone we got an issue <laughs> so something we got to be careful with now with the nba putting that memo out it's definitely alerted people players like on the cricket team will also they, they won't be doing fist bumps you got there's a tour of sri lanka which is not going to be happening in england you got newcastle who've actually banned you know handshakes happening on that side in baseball major league baseball is is in a wait and see mode as we say uh, as spring training games begin in florida and arizona in japan preseason games are being played in empty stadiums and discussion continues about the fate of the start of the season which is supposed to be on march the 20th in tennis a women's tour event scheduled for jian in china in april was cancelled china forfeited in the davis cup rather than traveling to romania for a match on friday shout out to monica from romania i was speaking to her earlier at pulse 95 and i told her exactly not to travel because it's not the right time to travel out here you know this you see with all these things it does put things in perspective when it comes to sports because you've got the motor racing you know the formula one chinese grand prix which again scheduled april 19th has been postponed with no new date set so all this planning for athletes you know has to take a step back the, the marathon the tokyo marathon uh, which was on sunday limited its field to a few hundred elite runners you know these, these are all like occasions which people celebrate together in golf the L, uh, lpga tour cancelled three consecutive events in february and march in china thailand and singapore rugby for my rugby fans out there a game between ireland and italy in the annual six nations tournament to be played on saturday in dublin has been postponed with no date set and that's the worrying thing when it comes down to date set and finally last but not least in the uae in cycling two legs of the uae tour was cancelled after two riders from italy were suspected to have the virus and the leader after the first five stages adam yates was declared the winner so you see when it gets that bad you've got to question what's going on in the world of sport and with coronavirus just around the corner and we wish everyone all all the success and all the blessing in all these tournaments being played but health comes first coming up next we answer your questions on the halftime show on the only place to be in the heart of Sharjah on Pulse 95 this is Pulse 95 oh he loves the fire and what a goal this is the halftime show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95 nice strike Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I am your host, coming everything sport, international and local. Um, quick question before we wrap up on the, on the Halftime Show. It's almost full time, I know, but I need to get this one question is because I had a question from Mohammed who uh, messaged me saying, do you think the top four race is still open? Um, absolutely yes, because Chelsea are on 45 points. United are on 42, Wolves are on 42, Tottenham are on 40, Sheffield United are on 40 as well. And then you've got Burnley, Arsenal and Everton behind them. So anywhere from fourth onwards, especially with Leicester's poor form, has shown that um, that top four race is open. And even more, if Manchester City are not in Europe next year, that fifth place is then open for Champions League qualification. So that answers your question. And looking up at the fixtures, um, Tottenham and Burnley, all of a sudden, looks like a great game because they're both right behind each other in the list 
um, on the Premier League uh, standings. Tottenham are at 40 and Burnley are at 38. So it's not that far away when you look at that. You've also got Sheffield United who will probably beat Norwich and also Wolves who are creeping in. And of course, the game of the weekend is probably going to be Manchester United versus Manchester City, especially as a lot is riding on there. And Chelsea versus Everton. So that top 10 at the moment now is really fighting for fourth and fifth place and it actually looks a very interesting uh, race to try and get Champions League football for those that are asking as well the Manchester City game has been postponed uh, that was postponed between Arsenal and Manchester City at the Etihad has now been scheduled for Wednesday the 11th of March and that is us here guys it's full time on the halftime show you can catch us every Monday Wednesday and Saturday 3 to 4 this Saturday I'm going to have an incredible guest called Rose O'Donovan who's going to talk about the breathing patterns and also the importance of performance oxygen and she's an educator as well that can really give us some guidelines so have a great day guys stay blessed on the only place to be at 3 the halftime show on Pulse 95 it's a wrap This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3pm.